Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. In this last and final segment of our interview with Etienne Chalmange, Director of Financial Markets at Aliaxis and Visiting Professor at the School of Management in Lille, we are going to delve into ESG and Treasury and rating agencies and how they're involved in the process. Etienne has super experience. He's done Treasury, he's done banking, he's done everything in between. So he really understands Treasury very well and especially this topic of ESG. So in this episode, expect to learn what is the role of Treasury when it comes to ESG, what are the right tools to have a positive and relevant ESG impact? What's the role of rating agencies in all of this? Where should treasurers look at if they want to have a bigger ESG impact? And some final points that Etienne has around treasury and ESG. You're going to be amazed with the insights that Etienne brings and just his really cool ability to be able to explain topics in a way that you understand. I learned a lot from this episode. and I know Guillaume did as well. And I'm sure you'll feel the same way. And of course, if you enjoy this episode and the show in general, please do make sure that you have rated us, subscribe to us on whatever platform you're using. As the show grows, we get more and more amazing guests. We've already had a bunch of amazing ones and many more to come, but they all look at how many subscribers do we have. So it's just going to help us give you the content that you're really interested in. And quick note. I'm sure you already know about our AI Treasury Insights newsletter, the weekly newsletter that already hundreds of treasurers are reading, which is three to five minute reads about what's going on in the world of Treasury and AI. Not only will you actually understand what GPT is and ChatGPT is and what's natural language processing model, but not just in an arbitrary format, you're going to learn it with relevance to Treasury. How is Treasury using it? Where is it impacting the world of Treasury? And how can you, as a Treasury professional, not get left behind as the AI train moves forward? So if you're not already signed up, go into the show notes below where you can find the link. And with that being said, please welcome Etienne. What about the, the funding side? Okay. We've not talked a lot about the uh, investing and the role of a treasury department in investing and ESG. Uh, can you talk more about the funding side? Yes. You mean the treasury uh, as an issuer? Or... You said at the start that uh, the treasury department's role in ESG comes from the financing and the investments. Yeah. Right? Yep. Investment side, very clear. You gave a lot of very good uh, examples. The financing, how does that, how does the ESG play in a treasury department's financing activities? But you can, you can have this RCF raising uh, to, to banks with an ESG components. You can have uh, SLBs or green bonds or social bonds. You have alternative product uh, next to the bonds. You have also private placement. You have Schulshine. You have uh, commercial papers with an additional ESG components. So it depends on the type of instrument, but you see that there is no exclusivities and more and more debt instrument can be used with an ESG components. Yeah, very clear. So indeed, because bonds can be used in both ways. No, that's very clear. What's the role of rating agencies in this whole process exactly? First of all, there are plenty of ESG rating agencies. There are co- kind of uh, concentration or uh, move towards concentration uh, from from this sector. 
They are different from credit rating, traditional credit rating agencies, but they are uh, assessing the ESNG from time to time, depending on the result of uh, one uh, element from one, one factor, the E, uh, they compensate with S or G. So depending on the result, they have a global score and it depends from one uh, ESG rating uh, company into another. Uh, it can be a score from 0 to 100. It can be a letter. So every ESG rating agency has its own methodology, has its own way to, to calculate, has its own also uh, area. So there are one focusing on governance, the other one focusing on environment. So it's a, extremely broad and large, but typically they provide with some information towards the investors so that it helps uh, for the investors to invest or not uh, into a NIES corporate. And next to that, you have the, the traditional credit rating agencies that use also ESG component that can impact the rating the credit rating of a corporate depending on the result, the performance and the potential risk of uh, ESG inside of a corporate. I guess there's a very big uh, reputational element to this, right? I guess companies go out there and they, um, they claim to be very, you know, ESG compliant and, uh, and very much, but if the instrument that they thought was an ESG instrument underlying does not, then uh, it could be a risk to the reputation, I guess, right? So I guess the rating agencies are super important in the whole process. They are super important, but there were criticism about the lacking of transparency and standardization and also greenwashing. So, for instance, you the, the difficulty you have as a corporate is you want to control the information and you want to 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 be as transparent as possible, to disclose what you can. But then as you you may have ESG rating agencies with their own methodologies, uh, with their own questionnaires at specific period of time during the year. So it's uh, extremely challenging to meet all these criteria. And from time to time, when you focus on one versus another, you can miss communicating, controlling information, and then you may be penalized. So from time to time, it's also a problem of resource, of providing the right data, of methodologies. And that's why we see more and more regulation to help investors, but also issuers, to have something like standard in terms of reporting, in terms of information communicated, to avoid, to avoid being penalized. No, very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Um, but yeah, is there anything else that uh, a treasurer needs to know about ESG that we haven't covered until now? Yeah, we, we've talked about financing and investment. It's, it's the two main activities coming into our minds. But there are also, depending on the scope and the, um, the region where a treasurer can act or operate, you can see that a treasurer also has this responsibility to collect data, to work hand-in-hand with ESG department, with communication, with investor relations, with the ESG purpose. So it's also these elements, and we see that it's playing a growing role in ESG as well. You may find also that elements like the monetics or the way trade receivables or 
payables are typically used can also be improved towards ESG. A, a concrete example, by avoiding using papers or checks, in some countries we're still using uh, checks, in favor of digital payment, we bring ESG at work and we improve also the environment benefits Okay, for, for a company. We can use also virtual credit cards. So this kind of initiatives is also or maybe also the responsibility of a treasurer and can help towards the ESG uh, pass of a corporate. It also helps the, uh, the treasury department itself as well, right? Less paper means easier to uh, track if it's digitized, easier to automate as well if you've already yeah. moved away from your paper processes. It's good synergy overall with optimizing your treasury processes and ESG. It's, it's nice that they work in harmony and not mm -hmm. opposing to each other, right? Yeah, true, true. Are, are there instances uh, of ESG which perhaps uh, treasury departments need to make, let's say, compromises to certain costs or uh, certain efficiencies in favor of ESG? Because everything you've described is also beneficial to the company itself, right? You mentioned mm -hmm. the ESG funding is also more favorable in a lot of ways. It also drives efficiencies, uh, the paper element as well. Mm -hmm. Is there ever a moment where a treasury department needs to make a choice between efficiency and ESG? No, I don't think so. It goes in uh, ends in ends. So uh, as long as the strategy is clear uh, and, and the ambitious and, and purposes of the, uh, of the treasury align with uh, the ESG strategy of a corporate, I think it goes end in ends and it won't impact. It will, on the contrary, increase or improve the, the efficiency and the cost limitation. So I think it's uh, it's the the contrary. It's a, it's a positive. It's a positive. Uh, but as long as both so ESG and uh, Treasury are both aligned. Hmm. No, that's super good to know as well. Then right, that you can improve your Treasury processes whilst being ethically improving as well. So it's it's yeah. nice that it's win win. That's what I need. Exactly. Um, Atiyah, thank you so much for your time. Clearly very, very knowledgeable in this domain. Uh, if people want to find out more about uh, yourself, AliAxis, ESG, and Treasury, where should they go to find out more? To make a long story short, so I'm Etienne Chalmagne. I have 23 years of professional experience in financial markets and Treasury. And there are three pillars driving my career so far. First of all, the financial markets and Treasury. So uh, I wanted and I did uh, occupy uh, the, the, the various functions in debt, in everything related to debt. So I did some trading, some credit analysis, some syndication and sales. Uh, so I covered the whole spectrum of debt. I've always been attracted and fascinated by uh, the debt instrument and the innovation. So I managed to to trade lower tier two, upper tier two uh, solvency product or tier one product, but I also uh, managed to, as an issuer, raise a convertible bond with an equity linked uh, component, the non-dilutive uh, convertible uh, bond. And more recently, I've been involved in SLB and SLL uh, instruments. 
So I've always been in touch with debt and in innovation inside of debt. So that's the first element, first pillar. The second pillar is that I've always kept a foot in the academic environment. So I have a teaching fiber and uh, I started PhD in 2009 in finance. And since then, I've always taught at university and at business schools, uh, various uh, financial courses. So uh, this year, I've taught uh, financial instrument and technology at ESSEC, uh, the business school in Lille. Uh, but before that, I've all oh, introduction to derivatives, uh, credit risk management, uh, international finance, so various course of uh, finance, which bring me the ability to share the knowledge. And that has always been one of the driver intrinsically to, to myself and also uh, a way to challenge uh, the evolution of your knowledge towards teaching to uh, students. And the third, the final pillar would say that I've always trying to get out of my comfort zone. I never started a career by saying that I will stay in the same employer, the same bank, uh, same uh, function. So uh, one of the driver was also risk-taking. And uh, that's why I moved from one country to another. I moved from bank industry to the corporate industry, from the sell side to the buy side. And I've always been curious. I always wanted to improve and to increase my knowledge. So this is uh, the, the three pillars of my career so far. We will see how it goes in the future, but uh, that's, um, that's a short summary. And currently my, my function is financial market director at Aliaxis, uh, part of the treasury, uh, added by uh, Severine Le Blevenec, uh, the global head of treasury. And I'm responsible for the treasury management, for the funding, and also uh, to transform the treasury. Super. Uh, thank you so much uh, for being on the show. Um, we'll have your LinkedIn in the show notes below as well, so people can reach out if they have any questions. It's nice to know your teach as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so that explanations are so good. Uh, so thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you, Etienne.